0: Man, just when we thought we were maybe in a better spot with one global outbreak, here comes another. Monkey pox. Monkey pox. Monkey pox. It's been dominating the headlines. There's a vaccine already, but is this virus really that bad? I'm Carrie Jr. II. This is On The Line. And on this episode, we catch up with Free Press Health reporter Kristen Seamus about the contagious sores that you may want to be wary of heading back into the school year. We'll also be hearing from two experts Kristen interviewed, the Director of Infectious Diseases Research at Beaumont Health, Dr. Matthew Sims, and Dr. John Brooks, Infectious Disease Specialist at McLaren Healthcare. Kristen was kind enough to pass along her recordings of those conversations to us. They get into how to stay safe and what they make of the government response when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Let's get into it. If you've listened to our previous episodes, you probably know Kristen Jordan-Sheamus. She spent the last few years primarily covering COVID-19 for the free press. Now she's on the monkeypox beat, too. Uh, Now, Kristen, um, I feel like, you know, we couldn't be more tired of talking about outbreaks of different diseases and illnesses. um, But we're here again talking about another one. Uh, But we want to talk about monkeypox, particularly for a few reasons. One is to get a handle on like how big a deal this is and discuss its impact, uh, the impact it's having, particularly on the LGBTQ community. So to start off, how big of a deal is monkeypox? How concerned are officials about this outbreak?
1: I think people are really concerned. And I think the outbreak is growing quickly. And it's something that we have not been able to tame yet. and, And I think it's something we ought to be concerned about, all of us, not just people in the LGBTQ community.
0: The reason Kristen and I mention the LGBTQ community by name is because as of right now, many of those who have contracted monkeypox in this most recent outbreak are gay and bisexual men. But it's not just that community getting monkeypox. And we'll get into that in a minute. What is monkeypox?
1: So, monkeypox is in the orthopox virus family, and that's closely related to smallpox. It doesn't cause as severe disease as smallpox, but they're still pretty serious infections. They're very painful. They can cause scarring and a lot of suffering for people who have it. Uh, The disease was first identified in 1958 in the Democratic Republic of Congo in monkeys, and that's kind of how it got its name. And it wasn't until 1970 that the first human cases were identified. And the virus is believed to sort of perpetuate and spread through infected rodents and squirrels and non-human primates. They're like carriers of the virus, but then it can also spread among humans.
0: And how does it spread among humans?
1: It spreads mostly through direct skin-to-skin contact with somebody who has lesions or scabs. It can spread through bodily fluids, um, but it can also spread through prolonged face-to-face contact. So when you're with somebody for quite a while and you're really close together and you're talking a lot face-to-face, it can spread that way. Um, And it can spread by touching like the bedding or the sheets or the towels that were used by someone with a monkeypox rash. It is not like COVID in terms of transmissibility. Um, With COVID, you could just walk into a room, breathe the air with an infected person in the same room, and you've got the virus. With monkeypox, it takes skin-to-skin contact.
2: You're not going to get it on the subway. You're not going to get it in the bus. You're not going to get it in the grocery store line.
0: That's Dr. Brooks, one of the experts Kristen spoke with to get an understanding of what we're dealing with here. There's a little typing in this first clip. Kristen was on tight deadline for our print edition.
2: Certainly if we're going to uh, places where we would have a lot of skin-to-skin contact, like saunas, um, uh, bathhouses, other places where you may have a much longer skin-to-skin contact, we have to consider those being risky. Um, there are some certain, um, like, outdoor shows or concerts that occur uh, where people are very, very close together for quite a bit of time, um, and that would be something that I think they're, they're asking you to consider a bit. Behaviors are hard to change,
3: and to really get this under control you know, people may need to change some of their habits for a while, right?
0: Dr. Sims, who Kristen also spoke with.
3: Say, okay, you know, so maybe, you know, I need to not not have multiple partners for a while or things along those lines.
0: And, and is this deadly?
1: Well, this year, so we've had this huge global outbreak that's infected about 37,000 people so far, Uh, There have been 12 deaths. So it's not super deadly. Um, There are two strains of the virus, and the one that's spreading globally right now is less severe and less deadly of the two.
0: How many cases of monkeypox are in Michigan?
1: So the state health department reported on Wednesday that there were 104 known cases of the virus in Michigan, but about one third of those cases were in the city of Detroit
0: talking about the spread of disease and having to be aware of how we're interacting with each other obviously harkens back to something we're still dealing with, which is COVID. Uh, But the numbers in the U.S. seem pretty small, of monkeypox, compared to COVID, as an example. Um, But we see the response with the vaccines and and making sure people are getting that. Um, Do you get the sense from talking to experts that this is more related to the dangers of the disease, or is it because it's coming on the heels of what we've been dealing with in this pandemic?
1: if you think about 36,000 cases in the world right now, the U S has 12,000 of those. So we we shouldn't say that we have very little spread right now because we actually, the U S has a big proportion of the cases globally. People with healthy immune systems will recover likely from monkeypox infections. They might have some scarring, but they're probably going to recover within about four weeks. It's people with immune system deficiencies like HIV or cancer, transplant recipients. Those folks might have a harder time recovering.
2: In our experience so far through the McLaren sites, what I can tell you is the ones that have made it in our door that have required hospitalization, they've been ill. So uh, the ones that we've seen so far have had risk factors. They've been immunocompromised uh, in in some some shape or form, uh, and, and they've had fevers, and they've been acutely
1: ill. And the other thing to know is that kids tend to have more severe monkeypox infections than adults do.
0: I see. And, and are those the main dangers? Are, what other impacts does having monkeypox have on you know, our day-to-day lives aside from the initial, the actual disease itself?
1: Sure. So if you think about how the monkeypox infection happens, so it starts off typically with a fever. You might feel under the weather, you might have swollen lymph nodes, um, and then you might break out in a rash. And you're infectious for about four weeks, which is a long time to have to isolate and stay away from other people. And the stigma that comes with having an infectious disease like this, um, you know, people, your boss might find out that you have monkeypox. pox. Um, 99% of the cases in the U.S. are men, um, and 94% of them are gay or bisexual men who have sex with men. So there's stigma attached to that in in that if you get monkeypox, it may cause your employer to think of, you know, what community you're in and what your sexual identity is. And you may not be, you know, open with that. Monkeypox could potentially out you. And when you think about that isolation for four weeks, think about how that might affect your job, how that might affect you if you're in school. If you have to report in person to work, how do you take off four weeks? For monkeypox? How do you pay the bills if you're living paycheck to paycheck?
0: And then even, you know, in your home, I imagine isolating from folks who you may live with for four weeks is a long time.
1: Exactly. How do you get food? How do you do your laundry if, for example, you use a laundromat and you don't have a washer and dryer in your house? All of those things become issues and and they become questions about how we as a society are going to handle this outbreak when especially parts of our society, might not be equipped to handle it.
0: It seems like the messaging around vaccine and the movement around it uh, seem pretty fast. Is that actually the case?
1: Well, you can't really compare how long it took us to come up with a COVID vaccine and get that distributed to monkeypox for a couple of reasons. Because with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, That was a brand new novel virus where scientists had to start from scratch to create these vaccines and test them. But with monkeypox, we already had a vaccine, the Gineos vaccine. It was already approved for use um, in both monkeypox and smallpox. And the US government had a big supply of that vaccine in the strategic national stockpile. And many have actually complained that the response to the virus outbreak was too slow and that it took too long, given that we had the vaccine in the stockpile The thing to also keep in mind is that we just don't have enough of the vaccine for everybody to get a shot in the U.S. So the government had to come up with a distribution plan. And now the FDA and the CDC have authorized a plan to split each vial. They're going to stretch it five ways. Five? Um, By dividing that, yes, by dividing that single dose five ways, they can you know, really reach up to 2 million people with this next batch of of doses that they're going to distribute. They're going to give you the vaccine intradermally, so between the layers of the skin rather than beneath the skin. And so when they give it to you that way, it allows them to use less of the liquid and it's still just as effective according to some of the studies that they have that they're using uh, to justify this, this plan and this strategy.
0: And speaking of that stockpile, If you're one of the folks who got a smallpox vaccine with that telltale scar back in the 60s or 70s, it may not cover you for monkeypox. The CDC recommends that if you get exposed and you haven't had a dose in the last three years, you should get vaccinated immediately. And so how many vials does Michigan have?
1: So far, Michigan has gotten 7,600 vials of that Gineos vaccine, um, and, That vaccine is also used not just to prevent smallpox and monkeypox, but it can also do something else. It can limit symptoms after exposure. So if you were in contact with somebody who has monkeypox, you could get that vaccine. And if it's given quickly enough, it may be able to stop you from getting monkeypox altogether, or it could help reduce your symptoms. So you don't have as severe of a case.
0: After the break, We discuss who's eligible for monkeypox vaccines, further address the stigma surrounding the initial outbreak, and explore where the disease could spread to next. We are back, talking with Free Press Health reporter Kristen jordan Seamus about the monkeypox vaccine and hearing from experts Dr. John Brooks and Dr. Matthew Sims about the overall outbreak. Who's eligible for these vaccines, the ones that we have available in Michigan?
1: That's a great question. The state just expanded eligibility for the vaccine in Michigan And the state is really aiming the vaccine at people who might have been exposed to someone with a known case of the virus or believes they may have been exposed, anyone who's planning to have multiple sex partners, sex workers are eligible, Um, men who have sex with men and have a history of a sexually transmitted infection in the last year, people whose partners engage in high-risk sexual activities. Um, Anyone who takes HIV PrEP, um, which is that pre-exposure prophylaxis, also is eligible in Michigan now to have the vaccine.
0: And then testing. Early on in the pandemic, the big thing when we had no vaccines was get tested so we know who has it. What's the access to testing for monkeypox and what's the protocol for for that?
1: Sure. Testing is beginning to open up now quite a bit, which is great news. Um, State labs can process um, monkeypox test samples. So can a bunch of commercial labs now. Sparrow Hospital, which is up in the Lansing area, it just launched the ability to process its own test samples and turn around results within 24 hours. So we're really making some progress there, and that's going to help a
0: lot. Because earlier you talked about stigma. I'm wondering, wondering, are public officials doing anything to combat that you know, I noticed one of the local clinics was an STI clinic. This is not an STI, correct?
1: Correct. It is not classified as a sexually transmitted disease right now. Um, there is some investigation, some research that's being done into, you know, how it's spreading so effectively in this population and, and through this way, um, because it does appear as if sex is one of the major modes of, of transmission at this point. But It can also be spread, you know, if you are cuddling with somebody or if you are, you know, changing the sheets.
0: Kristen spoke to experts about the stigma involved.
1: Let's talk about who is getting this disease and about stigma. Um, There's been a lot of conversation about this being a gay disease and that people who aren't men who have sex with men don't have to worry about monkeypox. What are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, I go back to the Detroit Medical Center days when HIV was new.
0: Dr. Brooks again.
2: And, you know, we were dealing with uh, a new infectious process that did seem to be affecting a certain group of persons. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I think is very important, the lessons we've learned from HIV need to go on to monkeypox, is that, you know, when you look at HIV in America right now, the standard person is a young adult, regardless of their sexuality, right? Because HIV is not a gay disease. It's a virus, and viruses don't pick a host. So, the activities and behaviors we do as human beings puts us at risk for certain things, but the virus itself, it doesn't care who it's going to infect. Which you know, we know there's now been a couple of kids that have been affected, and um, there are many persons that are. Not identified as gay, bisexual, or having sex with men, they have been, have been diagnosed with monkeypox. So, um, it, it always goes to me in my mind and in just my world of viruses don't care who the host is.
1: Then there's also been discussion about whether the U.S. public health response was fast enough and whether it was slow because it was a community that you know people don't necessarily care about as much as the general population.
3: I don't think that it was that there was any. Any sort of um, slow responsiveness because of the population
0: it was in, Doctor Sims.
3: I don't think it was particularly slow. I don't think it's as fast as people wanted it to be, and I don't think it's as fast as it could be if we're really, really prepared for it. You get a balance, right? Of, of you know, how much do you invest in preparing for something that may never happen versus being prepared for it. And that's a very fine
2: balance. I, I think sometimes actions speak louder than words. And we knew there was an epidemic. Well, we knew there was an outbreak. Right, We knew there was an outbreak occurring. Um, we had ample supply of vaccination in certain stockpiles. Um, but yet we chose not to do something about it as a government, right? So I, I just think if we talk about their actions, is that you can easily interpret that Um, Either they completely misread it and said, no, this is gonna go away in a month and it didn't, which is not likely, or um, again, it was just a lack of response because it didn't seem to affect affect the general public. We've seen
3: cases in women, we've seen cases in children. Um, I just read about the first case where it jumped to a doctor who was treating a patient that was in Israel. Um, It can break out of that population. This is not a disease that's limited to that population in any way, shape or form. It just started there and it spread
1: there. That's the other thing, you know, going forward, college campuses where kids are coming back onto campus, I think we need to be really aware of the fact that if you're crowded into a bar, for example, everybody's wearing t-shirts and tank tops and somebody may have a lesion and not realize it's monkeypox, you could have spread there as well.
0: What about sports as we get back into school and, all that stuff happening in the fall and those close contact sports, has there been anything said about athletic directors or public health officials on recommendations on how they should navigate those spaces?
1: I think those are conversations that are happening right now and that have to be had. I don't really know, um, you know, what they're planning to do or how they're planning to mitigate that risk, but it, it probably is a risk as this virus continues to spread and spread beyond the LGBTQ community.
0: How much is monkeypox expected to spread?
1: It's going to depend a lot on behaviors. It's going to depend a lot on how much of this vaccine we can get out and how quickly we can get it out to the people who may have been infected. It's going to depend a lot on the, the public response and, and whether people who have the virus identify their close contacts and those people are vaccinated quickly enough, you know, and, and actually follow the isolation guidelines um, to protect other people.
3: The big things are be aware, right? If you've got a rash that you think might be monkeypox, especially if you're you have a contact that you you think might have spread it. You know, get tested. Avoid people until then, right? Don't don't touch people, don't touch stuff. Be careful.
1: It's hard to say exactly how widely it's going to spread at this point, but we're already at nearly 12,000 cases in the United States. This isn't small anymore. It's it's growing pretty quickly.
3: Uh you know, can it be a pandemic? Yes. Will it be a pandemic like COVID? No. So I want to stress that we have pandemics. Pandemic just means that there's uncontrolled spread on you know multiple continents, basically. That is possible. You know, I mean, it should be telling that we're weeks and weeks into monkeypox in the U.S. And there's, as of a, day, a couple of days ago, the, the number I saw was 7,500 cases for the country. When you think about COVID, how much how fast it exploded it's not it's not even on the same level
0: and then you know while those of us who may not have access to it um are are living our lives knowing that this is around us what are public health experts recommendations for how we're supposed to treat this uh, disease
1: sure so it's you know really think about what your potential exposures are if you're someone who's at high risk get the vaccine if you can Um, If you are someone who may not be at high risk, but you're concerned about it, think about where you're going and what you're doing. If you're going to be in a crowded place at a concert or something like that, where there are going to be tons of other people all closely crowded in, consider wearing long sleeves or long pants. Think about, you know, what your risk of exposure is. Maybe don't go. And that's a hard thing for people to hear right now when we've been not going to things for so many years because of COVID to then think, okay, now I have to think about monkeypox too. But it, it's worth the the pause and just, you know, the thought about what am I doing and is there something I could do that might make me a little safer.
0: Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Pleasure, pleasure talking to you and it's good to talk to you, it's been a minute, so.
1: Yeah, it has. have a great day. Take care.
0: Yes, take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks to Dr. Sims and Dr. Brooks for their time on this topic. To learn more about monkeypox in Michigan and hear from the most vulnerable groups, check out Freep.com. In case you forgot, this episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran. Executive producers are Anjana Delgado and Marianne Struman, and Peter Batia is our editor music as always was produced by dj lost boy and it's called fort trumbull and thanks as always for listening please subscribe to the show um, and and pass it along share it with your friends and family don't forget to leave a comment to like engage with us we appreciate it all right see y'all next week